0: The Chicago Bears traveled to Los Angeles and lost a nasty game that honestly might have called everything about the current Bears team into question. I bring on Lester Wilfong, WCG's own boss man, to break down the now 5-2 and two Bears on this episode of Bear With Me. What's going on, Bears fans? And welcome back to Bear With Me, a Chicago Bears podcast hosted by yours truly, Robert Schmitz, right here on the Windy City Gridiron podcasting channel, where I've got a real treat for you today as I'm joined by none other than Windy City Gridiron's boss man himself, the host of T-Formation Conversation, who we haven't heard from in a while, Lester Wilfong, to join me as we wrap up this absolutely abhorrent game that i gotta be honest lester i was starting to plan for this podcast probably with about 15 minutes left in the fourth quarter because this game felt like it was over before it started and that is just wild well that's not even fair because it didn't feel like it was over before it started i really thought the bears were going to make a statement and they sure did it just wasn't the statement that i wanted them to make tonight what were your overall thoughts of this game
1: yeah, I mean, I was like, you I had a feeling that, you know, I mean, I, I think uh, at least half of us at the site picked the Bears to win tonight. I think almost all of us picked the Bears to cover. They were, they were I think, they were uh, a six-point dog. So, I mean, I didn't see this bad of a blowout happening, but, but like we talked about in the pre-show, you know, there was nothing that went right for the Bears offensively, uh, defensively, um, special teams-wise. This was just a, a thorough ass-kicking by the Rams tonight.
0: Absolutely. And I'll start with what I'm sure plenty of my own personal detractors would love to hear me start with because he's had it coming and it's just about time we say it. This was the nightmare Matt Nagy game. Like, even if there are others I could point to, like 2019's Washington game, this year's Tampa Bay game, like there are games where it seemed like he's had his head on his shoulders offensively. This was the worst game plan I could have ever foreseen the details weren't there the line couldn't block and and then around what is it halfway through the fourth we get this bomb dropped around 440 where Brian Greasy says Nick Foles told him in the pre-show that Matt Nagy'll send in plays that he is the quarterback knows they can't run this is ridiculous and it looked ridiculous and the scoreline reflects it unfortunately because the Bears end up in a 10 to 24 final score that looks immeasurably closer than it felt as this Bears offense could not get the ball in the end zone and that's ultimately what these NFL guys are paid to do right? They're they're trying to get the ball into the end zone and even though we got to the 5 twice it felt to me at least like we were never close to actually putting 7 on the board. What did you think of Nagy's performance? Like how are you feeling? General thoughts? I don't shoot from the hip
1: Yeah th- this, this was Nagy's worst overall game by far but I think what really makes it look uh, even worse was the, the the phenomenal job that Sean McVay did for the Rams. I mean, I, I was I was on Twitter talking about it. The the way he and Jared Goff controlled the tempo of this entire game, you know, with, with the quick snap counts, with 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 the no huddle, you know, with with waiting at the line, you know, they, they controlled the offensive tempo of this game from the start. And, and you could tell that was in their game plan. I mean, we saw them do it with with like I said, the the the, 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 the there was that play on the goal line where they came out, they 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 they, they uh, broke the huddle with like a few seconds left, and it looked like that was the plan was they were going to send the bunch opposite of the nickel, and there was no way for screen to get over there. As soon as the Rams were set, they snapped the ball, I and mean, that was just, just too easy of a touchdown. And you know, it was stuff like that the whole day. You know, there was no answer. You know, the Bears defense uh, was gassed. You know, Sean McVay. He he really won up Nagy and, and seeing as the game went on, there were some things with Matt Nagy where he was trying to I don't know if he was trying to keep up with, with McVeigh, but I mean this game he couldn't do it. I mean this this is not the, the 2018 you know Bears where you know he really you know he, he took a two McVeigh that 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 year, you know, last year it wasn't and this year it was just abysmal. He like you said, it was this was the nightmare Matt Nagy game. Matt
0: Nagy got whipped by Brandon Staley and Sean McVay. You are absolutely right. I mean, I'll even point something out that you didn't even mention. Jared Goff started this game Terrified of playing the Navy in Orange. Like he was throwing balls from clean pockets to nowhere. He said before in interviews, Khalil Max's least favorite player to play against. And honestly, I think that it was in his head that he was playing against a bunch of guys who he just hates to be around because they hit him a lot. So what did Sean McVeigh do? I mean, he rolled the pocket out almost every snap for the first two drives because why would he have Jared sit in a pocket that he clearly doesn't want to be in? So he adapted to the situation, got his quarterback moving. I think Goff went like five for five. And like you're talking about, they end up getting in the end zone on a quick snap where Sean McVay was clearly trying to beat the bears pass rush. You could see from the jump what they wanted to do. And never mind the fact that on straight snaps, the pass rush didn't get home because you know what? I don't really want to talk about that. I just, that's a little too sad of a topic. But what we could talk about is the fact that Brandon Staley came out with a Rams defense that made the Bears offense look, I mean, completely meaningless, useless, hopeless, whatever adjective you want. The fact that Matt Nagy's big plan, after years, years of me defending that he's a West Coast throw first guy who ideally wants to be at around 60 60 to 66% pass percentage, he comes out and decides that we're going to run the rock against the Rams and that that's the big plan like he must have read that tweet that floated around from brian burke that you can gain yards by running an aaron donald because whatever made him think that taking rashad coward and this bat this bears offensive line that just hasn't performed all year since i mean week two and they were gonna just stuff the ball down their throats and play 2007 football like we had olin crutes and thomas jones in the backfield what in the world Was he thinking? Because every single time on second and like eight, we ran the yard or ran the ball and ended up in third and six, it felt to me like it might as well have been an incomplete pass with a participation trophy. It was just a waste of a down. And I don't know, I really do sit here lost as to what in the world he was thinking for the overwhelming majority of this game. Because however he decided to attack the Rams, Obviously, it didn't work, and the details of whatever that attack was weren't there either, because when they did run plays, it didn't feel like they executed them well, so I sit here just completely lost as to how this Bears team, which is at 5-2. and is supposed to limp into the playoffs and do anything meaningful. And I can't believe that in one game, especially after an offensive performance in Carolina, that was a decent results, if bad process. Oh boy. This was a complete dumpster fire. And I hated watching every
1: single minute of it. You know, this game, we saw a lot of the YOLO holes out there. Uh, the problem is it just wasn't working. I mean, he had a, a, a two deep shots early that just were off and, you know there was some pressure on Juan, and and then at the end, of course, he's just you know he's just chucking it up at that point. And, and you know the pressure was there. And then you mentioned the the the, the clip from Brian Greasy. You know it's it's actually on Twitter. Um, I, I I sent it off from the from the main WCG ac- Twitter account. If you haven't heard the clip yet, you know you guys want to make sure you listen to that because it's it's you know if true, it is such a damning quote because you know this could be the first crack in the Matt Nagy locker room that one of the players is basically, you know, taking a shot to the media about, you know, the play calls coming in aren't going to be effective and he knows it. So, I mean, I'm not sure how, how it's going to get spun in, 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 in the press conference at, after the game from both Foles and Nagy, uh, but I'm assuming they're going to be asked about it. Cause that's, I mean, that's all over social media right now. So oh, it just, you know, what are you going to do? If you, if you know, you can't call certain plays, I mean, this Foles going to check out him right away. And if that's the case and then, then he's going against his head coach and, I mean, I'm sure he's given a bunch of, you know, at least, you know, uh, at least at least one play to kill, you know, coming out of out of the snap. So is he going to always kill the play? He knows they're going to work. Is he going to try and run it? The offensive line is just, you know, they didn't get it done. And, and uh, again, on, on the pre-show, we kind of talked about it. It wasn't all Aaron Donald tonight. You know, a lot of it was scheme. I mean, they scheme pressure against this Bears pass protection. And it seemed like no matter what they did, they always had a guy that had a free rush. You know, it wasn't always with a blitz. Sometimes it was with a fake blitz or it was just having to to, to direct your, your O-line towards Donald opened it up for you. So, again, uh, all three phases, the Bears got their tails whipped tonight.
0: Absolutely. And it's funny you, me- you mentioned talking about how there's a player speaking out against, you know, the head coach. Here's the thing. It's not just a player. It's a guy who, if you went and polled the NFL, they might consider Nick Foles the most respectable, upright, professional person in the league. Obviously, it would depend on who you asked, but he's extraordinarily well-liked. And for him, of all people, to be the guy he's speaking out uh, like against the play caller, that is, capitalize it, underline it,
1: shocking. That's crazy. That's Nagy's guy. Yeah, I mean, this is basically their hand-picked guy to come in and run this offense. And he's saying that, hey, you know, yes, I'm I'm the guy picked to run your offense, but what you're calling, I can't run because, you know, the, the line is not giving me the time. You know, this has to be, you know, a true old, old school West Coast, you know, short passing game, you know, but the Bears don't have the playmakers to do that. it no. would be nice, but I mean, I, I like David Montgomery, but he doesn't have – that extra juice to take the ball on the edge and just, and just, and just do it by himself. You know, if, if he has one guy to miss maybe, but he's not making a play. I mean, we've seen maybe in his whole career, one, one big play that was a touchdown a few, a few weeks back against, uh, was it uh, the giants where he, he, he had the swing pass and he made a couple moves, but, but that's just rare. I mean, it doesn't happen with when he's not that kind of back. Yes. He has good hands out of the backfield. He's, he's, he's pretty good in, 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 in pass pro. Um, but, He's not a guy that can get to the edge. He's not a guy that really thrives in outside zone or stretch plays. This this, this offense, oh, it's just it's, – <laughs> you it's can hear it in my voice. It's just so frustrating because, you know, there's enough pieces there to be competent. You know, the quarterback now is there where he could be competent, but now if there's a disconnect between him and the play caller, now we're, it's like we're right back to square one. Mm-hmm. And
0: what really drives me bananas, so believe it or not, I've actually heard this criticism before. So I'll go ahead and levy it on behalf of all the people that I've heard it from. Because I think it's about the most apt criticism that you can possibly get of our dear head coach, Matt Nagy, right? What I've heard from everybody is if there's a criticism for Matt Nagy, it's that he calls great plays dot 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 for somebody else's team and that they're not great play calls for the Chicago Bears. And I get it. I mean, especially after tonight. Seriously. I came in, I have to repeat myself, expecting, okay, this is a throwing team. We throw the ball. We did this against the Buccaneers. Like, we snaked out a win because all we can do is throw the ball and throw it short, maybe, like, intermediate occasionally. I'm sure we're going to do the same thing against the Rams and the Saints. It's not going to be pretty. Maybe we can grind out some wins. Oh, no, we decided we were going to run it. And every time we did, we got just enough yards to maybe think we could run it again. But we end the game with, I mean, at at the point that I remember the run actually mattered, we had like two and a half yards per carry. And looking at the box now, uh, we ended the night with 2.9 yards per carry. And you know what's the real sad part, Lester? Is that that's a decent night for the Chicago Bears running game based on what we've seen. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, you could make the argument that that's that's pretty good. Compared to what it's been, and that, I mean, come on, there's the problem, right? Like, if if I, the guy who's been so positive about what this n- and naggy identity is, he himself goes completely against it to the tune of nothing good. What in the world do we say about this guy? I mean, this was a disaster. And if you told me, sure, maybe his play calls work with the Chiefs, then I'd shrug my shoulders and say, well, then I wish he was back coaching the Chiefs because it doesn't help the Bears. Like, it doesn't help us at all. And I all those people that said, Mitch doesn't fit in this offense, you've been right from the jump. I mean, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least bring up Mitch. And sure, there's something to be said for Mitch needed to perform a lot better when he was given that one read play action offense that he got for the first two and a half weeks and kind of got himself benched. But this is almost calamitous because if you don't have a coach – or a quarterback to rally around what do you get behind on offense what do you give this defense to play for and how do you manage this locker room manage all the rest of it going forward because i gosh at at some point we do have to talk about the personnel right We have to talk about the fact that this offensive line, like I don't know what the game plan is with them, especially if Cody Whitehair's out for any extended amount of time, but I'll pass that over to you. You're talking about the Rams scheme. Individually, did anything about this offensive line leave you hopeful, or do you think it's about as bad as it looks?
1: I mean, there's really nothing positive right now along the offensive line. I mean, I mean, I, 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 obviously, we haven't had a chance to go back and watch the film, but you know, I mean, I don't think Charles Leno was 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 awful tonight. I mean, he wasn't necessarily good. I mean, there was no one on that line where you think was good, but but from from left to right, I mean, everyone was was had their issues. You know, I think the the the, the new center Sam Mustfer. I mean, he, he had a he, he was in there. I mean, he had a couple of bad snaps. I mean, he was. I mean, it, seeing seeing Whitehead go out. I mean, you knew it, well, that's over because, you know, this is a guy that he's, he, he, has, he has yet to play in the game, you know, with, with Sam Musk for uh, 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 UDFA from, from uh, uh, Fighting Irish. You know, he just, you know, he, he was uh, – this, this team and Ryan Pace, they have not found an, an offensive lineman as a UDFA or on, on a day three pick, you know, since Ryan Pace has been here. All the guys that he has drafted – you know, uh, uh, Grasu, um, uh, Teofabuluge, James Morgan. You know the guys he's he, that, that, that came in as, as as the guys are undrafted. You know he's had none of these guys hit. You know, and that's why he's always forced to go after these these retreads in free agency because you know he has no depth. I mean, there's no depth in his own line. I mean, he's trying. I mean, he, he's he, he's 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 drafted a couple guys early with with Daniels and Whitehair who. I mean, they're okay. I mean, if you look at at, at at Daniels, you know, I thought he was having a nice year to start the season. Of, of course, now he's he's gone for the year. With White I thought he kind of slipped a little bit, but you know, he still was probably with, with Daniels out. Your best O lineman, you know, he 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 paid Massey, he paid Kyle Long, he paid Leno. You know, he's he's throwing a lot of a lot of crap at the wall. Really, nothing sticking with as far as quality as far as quality depth. So, he has to address the offensive line this offseason. He has to address this offensive line during this season with, with a, a, a vet. He has to get someone in here because Rashad Coward's not getting it done. He is just, he is just not the guy. I was a, a bit surprised they brought him back in the offseason. I was really surprised that they turned to him as their starter over Alex Bars. You know, how bad does Bars look in practice where Bars can even get on the field?
0: I don't know. I have no idea. And what really sucks about the offensive line is that there's no such thing as a replacement level player on the offensive line. Because goodness knows there aren't 32 good linemen at each position in the NFL period let alone what 64 like a, a second one for each and so you end up with a guy like Mustafer, who if i remember correctly he came onto the team originally because harry Heestand knew him and coached him so then he sticks around in training camps and i mean you almost get the impression i don't mean this as a dig on sam in particular i actually kind of feel bad for the guy in this setting because he seems to me like a glorified practice squatter that now he's got to actually play a pretty intense role NFL centers not easy and like we saw with Ronis Grassu a while ago if you don't have the strength to keep up in the NFL you're gonna get blasted on every single play and now we've got sitting next to each other a monstrous hole at left guard no matter who's playing because like you're saying what kind of a hat tip is it to Alex Bars that he can't beat out Rashad Coward who's just awful I mean, at least Ted Larson did the job sometimes, and I get that maybe they thought that Rashad Coward shows some upside here and there, but there's way too much just flat out bad, and now Mustafers next to him, this line wasn't good in the first place, this offense wasn't functional at any point, like, how do people expect anything to get any better, I know many don't, I know that's why Bears fans have been such doomsayers since Trubisky was benched, but oh wow, this really was was a game that leaves you running your hands through your hair saying what in the world does this team do now and I wish I had a solution you know I wish that I could I wish I had the fire in me to say things like well if the defense was supposed to set the tone they did kind of get blasted between the 20s and end up making some bare, like some good but barely made some stops there at the 40 like I wish I cared enough But the defense more than did their job, and the offense totally let the team down, and I'm sure you've heard that before, and as I stood there at the end of the game, closing up my laptop as I watched Ted Ginn let the last punt of the day fall to the ground, having caught none of them for an entire day, I cocked my head Lester saying, What in the world is going on with this team? And if you know anything, please enlighten me.
1: Uh, You know, this, this, uh, I mean, I was frustrated with Nagy last year. I thought he coached really stubborn. I thought that he had to make some changes in in, in what he did. And then the offseason came and and he he acknowledged and, and he addressed a lot of these issues he had as a play caller, as a head coach. You know, he he talked, he he said the right things. You know, he, he said he he understands it, he self-scouted, and the way the year started, we kind of saw the offense looked a little differently. It was a, a different kind of offense. You know, it, it, the Bears were, you know, they, they were they're moving the ball sporadically, you know, but the passing game was still broke. You know, the run game was a little better, but again, the defenses they're playing were able to be run on, and, and that was when the Bears' O line was at its healthiest. So, you know, that, that obviously is a plus for them, but you know, that Nagy seems like he's going to fall back in, in in his stubborn ways. And if, if if this is who he is, you know, if he really takes this long to adjust to things, you know, you would think that he would understand that, you know, when he has Nick Foles in, again, his hand-picked guy, you know, this is who he wanted in, his coaching staff wanted in, because he knows the offense. And if, even Foles acknowledges he he knows the offense, but you know, the plays come in and he can't execute because he doesn't have the time. So, you know, I mean, what do you do, though, as a play caller? I mean, what do you do when, when your players can't execute? What do you do when your line can't block? What do you do when there's no holes there for the run game? You can't just do nothing but this quick passing game the entire 60 minutes. You can't play up tempo the entire 60 minutes. It's just not sustainable. So there's no answers. I mean, this is just, I mean, this is still a 5-2 and two team. You know, they, they still have a, a, a good, legitimate shot at the playoffs. I mean, if they – you know, there are some, some games coming up on the schedule. The, the Saints coming up is going to be a tough one, obviously. You know, but they have a few games later. I mean, they still have the Vikings twice, and the Vikings are a train wreck right now. So, you know, this team can easily get to, you know, eight and nine wins just by beating the really, really bad coming up on, on the schedule. But what is that going to get you? A, a, a one-and-done wild card round, and you're out? So – this is going to be another team. To, they're not going very far. If they do anything in the playoffs, they're going to be one and done. And they're going to have to retool in the, the offseason. And, and as much as Matt Nagy was, was a problem tonight, you still can't move on from him. Because, you know, in, unless he loses the team, which, you know, we'll see what happens with this whole, the whole uh, Brian Greasy you know, bombshell. But unless he loses the team, which I, I don't see that happening, you're not moving on from Nagy. You're not moving on from Pace you know they're going to have their chance to bring in, you know, some some uh, new alignment and maybe a new quarterback in the offseason and see what happens from there.
0: Absolutely. We're going to step aside for a hot second so that we can give our sponsors word and guys, we will be right back.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
0: And we are back here on Bear With Me as the Bears have fallen 10-24 to 24 to the Rams in a game that we would all, I'm sure, like to forget as soon as we can. But unfortunately, we don't get to do that just yet as we enter a torrid week in the United States with the trade deadline, the election, and now a horrific Bears loss hanging over our head. Tensions are high, and this this game really only made it higher if you're a Chicago fan. And what's, what's really driven me crazy about this whole naggy mess is that i sit here having seen a lot of signs that you like seeing so for instance in 2019 the bears they were third in the nfl in for in a third quarter points so they scored the third most points in the third quarter gave you the impression hey maybe Nagy can adapt maybe he really just is held back by his quarterback metrics on metrics on metrics on metrics suggested that it pointed to the quarterback Nagy gets his quarterback and we get this it's awful and i sit here lester and i want to respond to a question you asked before the break what do you do when you can't do anything on offense and it made me think of the jacksonville jaguars whose best trade is their short passing game even though they are an absolute train wreck offensively started out being able to run the ball can't really do it anymore now they're just struggling and the answer if you look at them is you get fired Or you take a look at the Patriots, who are proven. They've won a bunch of Super Bowls, and I tend to doubt that Josh McDaniels is going to get fired, even though Cam Newton looked almost as bad, maybe worse, depends on the eye of the beholder, than Nick Foles did in their shellacking to the San Francisco 49ers. So are they, like... Does that mean that McDaniels is terrible, too, because they couldn't do anything? This is a real mess, and it's so hard to parse out, because, like you kind of talked about, and people have talked about it all the time, Jimmy's and Joe's at some point trump X's and O's, and if you don't have the personnel who's to blame? Do you blame the coach because he can't get proper execution out of these guys? Well, that seems almost disingenuous given that at start week 1 and 2, Juan Castillo was our savior on the offensive line, and here they are as a huge problem. But, I get it. I'm not even trying to defend Matt Nagy as I say that. I'm really just trying to explore this total offensive mess. If there's any bright spot that we got out of this game, it's that Met got called on twice. He made two plays. He made a Nice contested catch down the sidelines. He made a nice catch in traffic once again as he took another hit. Cole Kmet is not the fleetest of foot, but at least he's able to haul in the ball when it gets to his area. You do like to see that out of a second-round pick, even if it's not flashy, but. Oh my goodness, when it feels like we don't have any receivers, even though we've got a guy trying to angle for 16 to $20 million a year, when it feels like our running back is not fast, even though, again, we've got another running back now on reserve that's being paid $6 million a year, and I like Cohen, we've got no help on the offensive line, and that's not an easy position to fix. Like, I get it if everybody's going to point the finger in every direction and everybody gets to be right it's starting to feel almost like you want to blame Nagy, you can you want to blame uh you want to blame cordero patterson and the rest of the offense and their execution sure why not you want to blame pace because you won't pick up a punt returner sure why not like everybody gets to be wrong on a night like tonight and it's it's hard to watch
1: you know you, you mentioned patterson and you know, I think he only had two or three carries tonight, and, of course, he had the one bad one on a fourth down. You know, here's – I mean, is he a receiver now or is he a running back? If he's a running back like like the Bears are making him to a running back, if this is who he is, he's the one guy in on the team that has the speed to get to the edge on, on these sweeps and these, and these stretch plays and, and the outside zone runs. You know, does he have the, the running back technique to, to understand, you know, exactly how, how to read the play in front of him as, as, as much as Montgomery? Probably not. You know, but at some point, if Montgomery's not getting it done and you realize against a team like the Rams, you have to get to the edge. You know, you have to stress them on the edge. You're not going to get them up up the gut every time. You know, you got to get Patterson a few carries. You know, Montgomery's not getting it done. At this point, you don't have Tariq Cohen. You, you know, you have, uh, you know, Pierce on the team who, who is not active. You have Miller on the practice squad who, you know, maybe he gets up, you know, at some point. But but right now your number two is is Patterson, you know, just giving him these again. He's not a, a gimmicky type of guy anymore. That's not who he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be a legit number two tailback. That can also go out and, and play some receiver. That's who they're trying to transform him into. This is what we heard about all offseason. And, you know, again, three attempts, one yard. You know, now there was no blocking for him tonight. I mean, he had no chance on some of these runs, but, you know, why not get him the ball on, on a jet sweep? You know, why can't he do some of the stuff we saw the Rams do? You know, I mean, the Bears are running these, 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 some of these jet sweep motions and they're running them with, with Miller, you know, which, you know, I, I, I understand that, you know, you want to get him. Involved in the offense more, but Miller's not that guy, you know, Patterson will stress the defense. Patterson will stress the edge. Darnell Mooney will stress the edge. If he's, if he's a guy coming across on, on, on that, on that fake jet sweep, you know, Miller's not stressing it. And also when the bears run these, these fake jet sweep motions, you know, they're not snapping the ball at a time to where it makes it look like it's a threat. If you watch the Rams, when they run these jet sweep motions, you know, Goff is snapping the ball at a time returns and it, the jet sweep guy looks like he's actual threat to the offense. And then he, he, he opens up and he, and he fakes the ball to the tailback. and Now he bootlegs out. So that's two backs that the defense has to look at before they watch golf do his boot. And then we going back to these boots here. What were the bears doing against the bootlegs tonight? You know, there was no backside contain. It's like whether it was Mac or Mingo or Vaughters or any of these guys they were chasing the, 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 the sweep motion. What the hell are they doing? You know, square up, come across the line. You're not going to catch that guy. You know, Khalil Mack, as great of an athlete as he is, he's not catching a Rams receiver from behind who has a running start on. You. It ain't going to happen. So, you know, come across the line, hold your edge, wait for the boot to come back, and, and that's your job. You can, you, can, you can shrink down the line if there's nothing happening as far as the boot to, you know, if the back cuts back to you, but if not, you're just taking yourself out of the play and the Rams capitalized on that all night long,
0: all night long. I mean, the Rams made offense look easy, which is a little funny to say, given that to to or to Sean Gibson knocked away a ball that it kind of looked like he could have intercepted, and Mac forced a turnover, and then they also forced another turnover that got Eddie Jackson into the end zone. So it is sort of funny saying the Rams looked super great when their productivity wasn't awesome either in the grand scheme of things. But on the plays where they did move the ball, wow, it it looked so. Much easier than, I mean, anything we do. It, it really, tonight was one of those nights where all you had to do was look across at the other side of the ball and watch the other team do it and go, man, why can't we do that? And and there's some truth to it. I mean, one of the plays, I think I could sum up the entire conundrum right now, like the Nagy or Pace or the Bears personnel or all of it into one play call. And I'll ask you what you'll do. And I kind of hinted at this in the in the post or pre-show, but I nevertheless I think it's a great example. Okay, so it's fourth and approximately one yard exactly, right? Anthony Miller's just made that one-handed catch, and here you are with Rashad Coward in at left guard a brand new center in Sam Mustapher who's never gotten offensive action but here he is up against Aaron Donald, good luck kid and you need a yard. Okay, so what Matt Nagy decides to do is not run it at Sam Mustafer to take your chances on the edge and trust Javon Wims, Charles Leno and Rashad Coward, dangerous it is to make a block. Leno makes his Coward doesn't make his after they faked it to, I think it was Mooney coming around the other way, so they do try to mix in some misdirection Wims mucks up his block, play never has a chance, it's blown up from the start Now, here's the question, right Is it a bad play call? Because he didn't go at Sam Mustafar, so he didn't do the stupid thing but he also didn't throw it so if they're a throwing team why not throw it that's what you do but then you're trusting Mustafer once again to make a block. Or is it bad execution because Wims doesn't hit his mark and that feels like a recurring theme that when you desperately need a play, they screw it up like somebody misses a detail? Is it bad personnel because at the end of the day, there's just not any depth and nobody's able to make a play in that setting? I- I'll kick it over to you because... I could go in a lot of directions here, right? Like, you could convince me in a whole lot of ways that it's a play call that could have worked on any other team, but not this one, and that's for a billion different reasons, or that the Bears should have just thrown it because that's what they do and taken their chances, and if we wanted to rag on foals, we could rag on foals. Seriously, like, what would you have done in that situation, and what do you think?
1: I mean, you you make a great point. I mean, the way the Bears' offense was going – what was going to work in that point. I mean, I actually have the play up right now. I'm kind of watching it go here and, and everyone on the bears O line. I mean, there was no one that really won their, their one-on-one block. And then when you look at Wims, I mean, this play was predicated on Javon Wims making that block against a linebacker. And I, I always talk about, we want your big block and your big when you can and, and Wims, although he is a, a bigger, a, a bigger wide out. I still don't like him one-on-one against a linebacker. That's to me, that's just not a good matchup. You know, the, the there was a, a, a Jet sweep motion there. I mean, at some point, the Bears have become predictable. To it seems like every time they have a fourth and short or a third and short, and they have and they put they have Patterson a tailback, and it's something to him. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, right. why is he your designated? You know, let's get the the for, the for the 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 first with him. I mean, again, we talked about earlier. He doesn't have all the intricacies of a traditional tailback because he's still fairly new to the position. You know, so. Is that really the time to try and get him out there? I mean, if you are going to put him in there, you know what? Then run him straight downhill. You know, go go off tackle. You know, do something to where you can at least try and get him, his body going forward to where if he does get hit, his, hopefully his, his body will take him forward. As it is on this play, you know, he got hit going sideways and he fell sideways. I mean, this player's doing from the start. I was surprised they really ran it. I mean, it was a fourth and a, and a long one. It wasn't a really short inches play. It was a, it was a legit one yard to go. Mm-hmm. Did you trust the Bears running in to pick up fourth and one? No, <laughs> I mean, who did at that point at that point, you know, then, you know what, you got to try and throw the ball. But then, like you said, can you block, can you hold the, the, the blocks enough with, with, with the guys you have out front you have coward and, and Sam Mustafer there mm-hmm. in the middle, are they going to block Aaron Donald enough to, to give Foles as a time to, to, to make a play there?
0: Cause goodness knows they're going to sit in a short zone and say, yeah. all right, we know you're going to th- run a bunch of three yard outs. So Here come we're the just going to Yeah. Yeah. Something.
1: So yeah, it's, it's uh I mean, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Um, it seems like, uh, obviously, the, the play call would have looked better had it worked. Um, it didn't work. There was nothing that was going to happen in this play because the execution wasn't there. So right. it's and- just one of those things. Where, 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 you know, like I said, you know, how, do you, how do you counter a defense that has been whipping your ass all game? It's hard to do.
0: And easily that's where I've quickly become most frustrated with uh, Matt Nagy, is those details in the execution. Like, we could go go around and around and around until the cows come home on play calls, and should he have done this, and should he have done that. And I'll agree on a lot, and I'll disagree on some, because I think play calling's incredibly hard. And the more that I've studied it, the more that I understand that sometimes really stupid play calls work, and sometimes really complicated and great play calls don't. And a lot of it, it's not luck of the draw. It's more that you're going up against an 11-man defense. They're trying to stop you, and sometimes they don't do it well. 2018's Tampa Bay defense might as well have been out straight out of college. And sometimes they do it incredibly well, regardless of what you do. And you can look all over the NFL for examples of that. But I think what if there's one... One move this offseason I am becoming really thankful for, and I'll I'll stick to my guns on this, it's that we did go get Nick Foles. Because while I'm sure there are some people that are saying, Nick Foles sucks, why are we playing this guy? I I get it. I get your frustration. But I'll hold to my original evaluation of Nick Foles because I think it's more true than ever on a night like tonight. Nick Foles is a mirror. Nick Foles lets you see what this offense is. And what I see is an offensive line that is not ready for prime time. I see a offensive scheme that cannot handle anything not working. I see a receiving and or various receiving weapons that, hey, they're they're technically the bright spot on. The team, though they're nothing impressive. And ultimately, this is a team. If you take a look at this between Atlanta, between Tampa Bay, between Indianapolis, and Carolina, Lester, this team has won games off of Nick Foles' arm. You can't do that. We knew this was going to fail eventually, right? Like, you can win games off of Russell Wilson's arm, Aaron Rodgers' arm, Tom Brady's arm, but Nick Foles, like, as soon as you say he's our plan, that guy right there is going to solve you, and he's going to beat you with this Bears offensive personnel. I mean... That's a terrible plan, and we and we would have known that if if I'd come to you and said our new plan is Nick Foles is going to beat their team, you would have laughed in my face, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, with with Foles, I mean, like you said, I mean, I, I love that what you say where he's a mirror of what 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 the offense is, and and that's that's perfect. I mean, he is when he's at his best, he's a game manager. I mean, yes, he has the 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 the, the, the plays where he does go deep, and you know he has to take those shots, but that's part of what makes him. Unique because he's a game manager that isn't afraid to take a deep shot every now and again because he has such such trust in his guys to make a play for him, you know, so so that's like the one little wrinkle you get out of him where it's he has that that uh, a gunslinger mentality, but he has game manager fundamentals and that's that's who he is, you know, to his core is you know, he doesn't have great athleticism. He doesn't have a huge arm, you know, but he will, you know, like I said, he'll chuck it up there and hope his guys make a play and, and so far during his Bears tenure. You know, those deep ones have either been off target or there's been those 50-50 balls that have not gone his way yet. You know, until we see some of the YOLO foals come through in a positive way, you know, he, he, he's going to look like a, like a mediocre game manager because, again, he is a game manager. That's what he is. You know, he's not a, a franchise quarterback. He's just better than what the Bears had out there at the time. Absolutely, and you know I'll
0: counter and say at least he did hit the Yolo ball to Cole Kmet, and he hit the Yolo ball to Allen Robinson. But I don't blame I don't blame you for forgetting about him because at that point in the game, they kind of didn't matter. Like the the one to. K- The one to commit did, but then you've got all these plays like the throw to Mooney that maybe he didn't put enough air under it, but boy, Foles was tanking a blitz in the end zone. I don't blame him for just getting rid of the ball because you cannot take a sack there. You've got other plays that, sure, you'd hope that he hits it deeper, but I mean, at some point you're complaining because Nick Foles isn't Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and that's the point where I draw the line and I say, we know Nick Foles is Nick Foles. He's 31 years old like I didn't expect him to come in here and turn into Superman I expected this offense around him to be better and I expected his statistics to to reflect that competency and you know it almost looked like we were close like I believed Nick after the Carolina game but after a night like this I mean look it's gonna be weird you mentioned that they're keeping Nagy it's going to be weird to fire one of the winningest by percentage coaches in Bears history. Like, I would be shocked if it happens. But does he become like a special teams coach that isn't calling plays? He's not involved with his offense. He's not involved with his defense and that he's just the head guy because he does seem to be a decent team motivator, but at the same time we don't live in the locker room. So there is this murk suddenly around like, what do you do with this guy who was brought in to be the offensive play caller? And maybe he isn't the offensive play caller going forward. What do you, is that acceptable? You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, in, in, until we see what what shakes up with this whole uh, the whole Brian Greasy bombshell, um, I'm trying to look through it now on Twitter, and, and it's, it looks like Foles is trying to play off like it was a miscommunication between between him and Greasy during the during the pregame. I mean, I'm sure the, the Bears are going to spin it however they can, um, but I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows how much truth is to it? Who knows if it really was a miscommunication? Who knows what exactly is going to happen? But but the players in that locker room, you know, we'll see how they how they react. I mean. They got their, their butts hand to them tonight, you know, on in all three phases. And we'll see how they react to the Saints. Again, a really, really tough team um next week. It's it's a, it's a short week. So they have to get ready uh, you know, for, for practice on, on Wednesday here. So they're gonna have, you know, just the the the, the uh, one last day to prepare. Um we'll see how they bounce back.
0: And hey, I'll I'll throw one note of positivity in, right? Uh Lester, you ever heard of and or watched the show How I Met Your Mother? Yes, yeah. Okay, so do you remember the chain of screaming by chance? Oh, I
1: don't I don't remember that episode.
0: That's okay. So I'll explain it because I'm sure there's somebody out there that doesn't remember it. Basically, it was the idea of, of how people end up unhappy because their boss yells at them and they, in turn, go home and yell at their wife, who yells at their kids, who yells at the dog, who yells back at the d- husband or something like that, and it just becomes this big chain of people screaming at each other. Well, if I was going to be positive... This would be, er, so McVeigh got destroyed by Kyle Shanahan, who'd lost a whole bunch of games before that. He responded by decimating Matt Nagy. So if the Bears somehow march into Soldier Field, welcome in the Saints, and burst the bubble for New Orleans, they're back on track because you are never as good nor as bad as your last game and if they're able to turn in a good performance against a good opponent like that you say well I don't know what happened in Indianapolis but we did beat Tampa Bay and then I don't know what happened in Los Angeles but we did beat New Orleans and you move on from there get probably crushed by the Titans but c'est la vie you move forward this is that that's the best case scenario here is a redemption moment against a really well coached New Orleans team and I finally got a decent example the best thing you could hope for here is that Matt Nagy becomes the John Harbaugh model right where John Harbaugh is not the offensive or defensive coach but he is one of the best coaches in the league this this next game becomes a real proving point because I know some of our Windy City Gridiron compatriots have talked about it this is ripe for a Tressman level explosion but we've heard that before in Matt Nagy's tenure and it hasn't happened just yet.
1: So we'll have to see where
0: it goes.
1: Any final thoughts as we close up? Yeah. Like you said, you know, the, the NFL season is truly a marathon. So, I mean, they'll have a chance to redeem themselves next week against the saints. I mean, are, are they are they going to be favored? Probably not. I mean, are they going to win the game? Probably not. But if, if they go out there and they look you they know, look a little more efficient, you know, this, this offense, I mean, we've been saying it since Nick Foles took over. I mean, there's little, Things here and there where you say, oh, okay, yeah, this is, I see where, where they're trying to do it. I see how they're getting close. I see how some of these plays would work if it had a little bit better, better execution. But then this game happened. It was like, this was the worst possible outcome just to look so out coached, to look so unprepared, to look so, so bad on a national stage to where you could do nothing good. And then the, the, your vaunted defense, who has been, you know, really good all year long. You know they can't. This is not two thousand. This is not the the Baltimore Ravens. This is not that era. You know we live in an era that everything is designed from the rules to, to everything to have your offense be good. And these Bears are offensively inept right now, and that does start with Matt Nagy.
0: I have to build on that a little bit because you're right. If there's one thing that is getting frustrating, right? It's this moment where there are a lot of Bears fans and myself included that are going to complain about a lot of calls. Did Akeem Hicks actually put his hand in that center's face? I sure don't think so based on the what they showed us. But past a certain point, you're the idiot who thinks that they're gonna keep calling things in favor of defense? This is a league where they pretty much redefined what holding is, and they said it doesn't really matter. I mean, we'll we'll call holding if it's like really bad, but you don't see you don't see six holds a game called anymore because viewers basically pulled in that they didn't like it. So now offensive linemen can kind of do whatever they want. Quarterbacks stay upright, and guys get the ball away, and we're the ones who pay for it. And, you know, you could say, you're screwing defensive teams. And I would not be surprised if they're going to look you dead in the eyes and say, yeah. I mean, what do you want us to do about it? People like the Cardinals-Seahawks game that goes into overtime at 34-34 and ends up 34-37. Like, what do you want us to do? Nobody likes 10-24. Like, (laughs) the game was over early because we couldn't score. And and I only say this not to really even, like, drive the hammer home further or the nail home further, but more to say the Bears haven't gotten calls that went their way in the last seven weeks. And past a certain point, it's not bad luck. It's a trend past a certain point you say they don't want a defensive team to be a dominant hard-hitting defensive team maybe they want the Bears to ease off the throttle because it's more important that Russell Wilson stays healthy that Matthew Stafford finishes the season and all these other things and sure it's frustrating because it feels like we the fans didn't get the memo that our defense was like more trouble than it was worth to try to build but The league's been trending in that offensive direction for a while. I'm sure that's a huge part of the reason that we're all as frustrated with Matt Nagy as we are. And it gets really annoying when then you start watching this defense that kind of can't do anything. Like, there are moments where it will arrive early. I'm not about to pretend it won't to a pass because it sussed out the passing concept. And it showed up there with plenty of time. But that's a penalty because... You beat the guy to the spot, and I'm not saying it's fair. I'm saying it's the way it is, and it it's tough to watch, especially for fans like you said that are that really miss those days of 2000s football. But we're we're not there anymore, and it is a little heartbreaking to watch where guys like Akeem Hicks are laughing. As they rack up more and more penalties and could still stay the most penalized team in football. And Jalen Johnson holds a guy downfield and defensive holding doesn't exist anymore. So that's automatically pass interference. I mean, there are there is a point, Lester, as much as I hate saying it, where I go, uh, it was bad luck the first four weeks, but it's not the first four weeks anymore. You know, you can't do that. I know you're beat. You know, you're beat. I don't blame you, but that's the call now. And it sucks, especially when you're a defensive team. But gosh, it, it almost feels like this isn't going to turn around, you know?
1: This season still hinges on Nick Foles turning things around. I don't think they're, they're not going to come back to Trubisky. You know, it's just not going to happen, you know, for better, for worse. You know, the, the, they made their decision when they made the switch. If Nick Foles in this offense can't find some type of just, just some small sense of efficiency, and, and we've seen flashes. But man, this game was just so bad from top to bottom. So they have a chance, like you said. It's 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 a week to week league. They have a shot against the, the Saints, and then they have a couple of winnable games coming up. But they're still five and two. You know, they had that nice big start this to the season to give them a little bit of cushion now. They got to figure it out. They got to get the O line figured out. They got to get the offense figured out. You know, Nick Foles has to figure out how to rein in some of that stuff that that he's doing. But it's going to come down to him and Nagy getting on the same page, and and we'll see if they can do it. I, I'm I, I'm optimistic to a point, but but we're never going to see a, an elite, a, a above average offense. That's just not happening. If so they can get to the point where they're just scraping the bottom of that average, you know, that's mm-hmm. all that's all we can hope for, and that's all that that we're going to see until the bears make some wholesale changes on offense
0: and we may be waiting for a while because if you can if you consider the saints and the titans a lost cause then the bears have three weeks until the vikings then they have a bye and then they have a whole bunch of games against i don't want to play the packers but no uh right there's there's a whole bunch of this stuff where it's like the bears technically have time but will it help i don't know and if it doesn't help then you better believe who we know to point the finger at. But either way, Lester, digesting this game with you has been about as good as it can. Uh, I am not excited to jump back into the film of this one, but I I will try to do it anyways with the usual stream at 9 p.m. where I'll come up with something to say. But either way, Lester, go ahead and let the listeners know what you got in the works.
1: Uh, well, it looks like I got four sacks to break down for sack watts this week. I was hoping for another real short week, uh but it is what it is. So you know, we you know we, we got stuff at the site, we got stuff at the, at the podcast channel. You know, keep it locked to Winnie City, Winnie City Gridiron because we got everything you need right there.
0: Awesome, Lester. Thanks so much for jumping on. Always a pleasure having you. Anytime, my friend. And folks, that'll wrap up this week's show. Obviously a tough loss, but hey, the most optimistic thing you can say is that hopefully you truly are neither as good nor as bad as your last game, and this can create some positive change for a healthy organization. Whether or not the Bears are a healthy organization, I guess we're about to see, but either way, this isn't the kind of loss that any fan wants to see. If you like what I have to say, feel free to follow me over on Twitter at Robert K. Schmitz. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-K-S-C-H-M-I-T-Z. And check out my YouTube breakdown at Run Pass Opinion, my YouTube channel, every Wednesday at 9 p.m. where I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about after this game in particular. It'll be a good week. So until next time, Bears fans, bear down. And thanks so much for bearing with me.